Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio, I'm Jason Bellamy. If you want to improve your fitness, one great way is to swim. Swimming works muscles throughout the body without the pounding of land-based exercise. That's why injured athletes often turn to the pool when they want to maintain their fitness and rehabilitate an injury at the same time. But that doesn't mean that swimming is an injury-free activity, which is why competitive swimmers benefit from cross-training out of the pool. Physical therapist Brian Tovin has worked with elite-level athletes and casual swimmers, and in this episode of Move Forward Radio, he describes both the benefits of swimming and the related injury risks. Here's our interview with Brian Tovin. So Brian, from a basic health perspective, from an exercise standpoint, what are the benefits of swimming? Well, that's a great question. Everybody thinks of swimming as a great exercise for cardiovascular training, but one of the other things that people fail to mention is that Swimming is a exercise that works virtually every single muscle in the body, and it does it in an environment where the stress is considerably reduced because of the buoyancy properties of water. So you're not only getting cardiovascular exercise, you're working almost every single muscle in the body, and you're doing it in a relatively reduced stress environment. The last thing I think that's important to mention is There's the hydrostatic pressure of the water, which is just the pressure of the water on the skin, which really helps to uh, reduce swelling. And anybody who has any type of lymphedema or swelling issues does much better in an aquatic environment. So you highlighted some of the benefits with with the reduced stress. Are there any situations in which actually the, the stress is beneficial? In other words, that somebody should be out of the pool doing land activities instead? Absolutely. I think... What we've learned in the past 15 or 20 years is that cross-training is much better than trying to be so myopic and choose one thing, whether it's running or swimming or weight training. We've known from research that weight-bearing exercises are essential for the health of articular cartilage and for the joint overall. So I think anyone who's using swimming as an activity should be cross-training and doing some weight training and other weight-bearing exercises. The only exclusion is if somebody has some type of injury that would limit the amount of uh, weight-bearing they would need, and we would therefore use swimming or walking in water as a transitional medium to get them to do other weight-bearing exercises that are also essential. So if we're talking about a land-based activity, and let's choose running, um, runners often deal with familiar injuries. They have foot pain or leg pain, knee pain, things like that. Do swimmers have common injuries, or because it works the whole body, like you mentioned, is it is it really diverse? Well, I would say that there is one specific joint that bears most of the load, and that's the shoulders. And in order to illustrate that point, what, what a lot of people may not realize about swimming is even in a recreational swimmer who might just go in and swim a mile, when you calculate how many strokes they do in just a mile, on one side, that's 720 strokes in a workout. And that's just for a recreational swimmer. When you look at that for the recreational swimmer who swims three times a week, which many recreational swimmers do, that's 2,100 revolutions of the shoulder or shoulder movements. And if you look at it over a year, 
we're talking about 100,000 strokes over the course of a year. Now, everybody might be saying, wow, that's unbelievable. Well, now you look at a competitive swimmer of various levels, and a competitive swimmer, to give you an example, swims about roughly seven to 10,000 yards in a workout. And an elite swimmer is certainly doing two-a-days and probably have about, let's say, eight workouts in a week. And again, so looking at those numbers in a single workout, now we're looking at a swimmer who does anywhere from 2,200 to 2,800 strokes on one side in a workout. In a week, it's anywhere from 17 to 20,000 in a week. And when you look at a year, again, these numbers are, are staggering. It's about 850,000 to 1 million strokes in a year. And you wonder why people talk about overuse. There's probably no other sport that has that amount of demand. So going back to your original question, yes, the shoulder is going to bear most of the brunt of a potential injury because of overuse. Now, there's other injuries that are encountered. There's something called breaststroker's knee because of the mechanics of the breaststroke kick. The inside or what we call the medial aspect of the knee often incurs a great deal of stress and it's usually a type of tendonitis condition that needs to be treated. But other than the shoulders and breaststroker's knee, the other injuries to the rest of the parts of the body are very low, much lower rate. And so when we're talking about those shoulder injuries and we're talking about the different strokes, is there any stroke that puts more pressure on the shoulder than the other, or it's just all that repetitive motion no matter how many different strokes you do or which strokes you do? That's another great question. Certainly anyone who's watched all of the four competitive strokes, freestyle, butterfly, backstroke, and breaststroke, the greatest demands are with butterfly. And the reason that is is because both arms are moving simultaneously through the water and the demands on the shoulder and the amount of strength needed to perform butterfly are much greater than any other stroke. So therefore, butterfly being the most demanding stroke on the shoulders is probably the one that we would recommend least for a novice or if somebody's trying to come back from an injury and they are an elite swimmer and have a shoulder injury, butterfly would be one of the last strokes that they would come back to doing. So you mentioned how swimming is a great, uh, or any sort of water-based activity is a great thing to do if somebody has an injury. So what do you do when a swimmer gets injured? When a swimmer injures their shoulder, do you put them in the water? Do you take them out of the water? What might treatment look like? So when we're dealing with any type of swimmer, whether it be recreational or uh, an elite swimmer, we recognize that swimming is part of their life and they want to do it. The last option we go to is keeping them out of the water. When they come to us, we try to address the level of their injury. Our first goal is to reduce any pain or inflammation that might be associated with their injury, and we do that with modalities. It could be ultrasound, electrical stimulation, or the what we call cryo modalities, ice packs and heat. The other thing we look at is flexibility issues, and a lot of times swimmers have poor posture, rounded shoulders, and they're really tight in the front, so we try to make sure they are given flexibility exercises. Another component is making sure that the range of motion of their shoulders is there to be able to complete all four strokes. And the final aspect of making sure that we address is the strengthening component, not just of the shoulders, but of the entire core, because the core is an essential transition between the lower extremities or the legs and the upper extremities of the arms. And it's often overlooked, but making sure they have a strong core in addition to a strong uh, shoulder muscles is important. So that's what we deal with in terms of rehabilitation. You've treated people who are recreational swimmers. You've treated elite-level athletes. 
Is there a difference either in the type of injuries they experience in swimming or the way you approach the treatment, or is it the same? I think the main difference is a recreational swimmer usually has some biomechanical deficiencies, or, you know, in other words, they have poor stroke mechanics. And sometimes poor stroke mechanics are going to lead to injuries, especially in the shoulder. So when we see them, part of an experienced therapist's job is to make sure they understand proper stroke mechanics. Conversely, with an elite swimmer, it's usually a case of overtraining or overuse where they are going to what we talked about in the beginning of the conversation, where they're swimming 10,000 yards in a workout and they might not be ready for that. The way we deal with the two are also a little bit of difference, and we mentioned this earlier. We try to keep the swimmers in the water at all costs, uh, unless someone has had surgery or unless the injury is so severe that they cannot get back in the water. But there are ways of doing what we call activity modification in the water. For example, we might limit them from doing butterfly. We might have them in the water but doing less yardage. Uh, a great training device that we use and swimmers use are fins, swim fins. And by using those for someone who has a shoulder injury, you're able to get a lot more propulsion out of the legs, thus putting a lot less demand on the shoulders. So we try to look at different training tools that they can use that is going to reduce the stress, but yet at the same time keeping them in the water. And while we might use swim fins as a facilitating technique, we would also tell the swimmers not to use training paddles or hand paddles, which put excess amount of stress on the shoulder, certainly during the period where they would have any type of pain or injury. So if I'm listening to this and I, I want to be a better swimmer than I am and I hear about all the potential for shoulder injuries, I might say, okay, I need to make my shoulders stronger. Um, from a swimming perspective, is that the right approach? And do I do that by swimming more, by doing more cross-training, targeting my shoulders? Or is it really about, as you mentioned earlier, kind of diversifying um, all the different exercises I do? Or is it some combination of all the above? I think it's a combination, and it's certainly uh, multifaceted. The first thing is to make sure that, and with any exercise that they're doing, that they're listening to their body. Oftentimes people wait too long, and the injury has advanced too far, and now they have to stay out of the water or stop running, um, whatever the case may be. I think the important thing is to make sure that the length of training or the amount of distance that they're doing is slowly advanced to make sure that they don't have that injury making sure that the intensity of their training is amped up slowly, meaning the interval training, if they're up to that point, isn't quite as intense if they are, you know, just starting out swimming. And lastly is to make sure that they have a base to build on, and that's where we talk about the cross-training and making sure that they are strengthening their rotator cuff muscles that people hear about, and there's very simple exercises that can be done for that, making sure that they are strengthening their core as well as their lower extremities. So I think that the key ingredient to being a healthy swimmer is to, number one, make sure that there's not a lot of overuse, that they're being judicious in the amount of yardage that they're doing, making sure, hopefully, that their mechanics that they are using when they're swimming are good, and lastly, just making sure that they address the internal issues of their body, making sure their body has enough strength and flexibility and endurance to withstand the forces that they're going to experience when they're in the water. If I'm the parent of a child who's, whose kid loves to swim and, and wants to maybe even be a competitive swimmer at any level growing up, you know, high school, college, whatever the case is, how, um, 
how can I be on the lookout for warning signs? Is it a matter of the diversification? Or is there certain ways they can potentially spot injuries? Is it warning them against butterfly if that's going to hurt their, their shoulder potentially more? What, what should parents be looking out for? Well, everybody talks about this over-specialization in our youth sports, and to a certain extent it is true, especially more in team sports where you really want to try and mix it up. The problem with sports like swimming or gymnastics or golf that we see is the successful individual, the elite individual, the kind of kids that are going and able to compete on a collegiate level are starting to pigeonhole themselves at an earlier age. And I'm not against that as long as the training methods that are being employed are smart, meaning the coach is being smart and the family is being smart. Certain kids can endure a little bit more than others. So I, I think in what I would say to any parent that has their kids swimming is, number one, as with any sport, they've got to love it. And, you know, when they're going there and they're listening to their coach and they're really enjoying the sport, they tend to use better mechanics and be, be smarter about how much swimming they're doing. And I am not against swimming all year round within reason, meaning there are certain parts of the season that your training is more intense than others for a competitive swimmer. So that means, yeah, if they want to stay in the water, that's great, but they are cutting down on their yardage and the swimming is much more intense during certain months than others. But the last thing I would say is the signs that one would look for are obviously pain, any type of issues where they're not able to do the things in their daily life like brush their hair without pain, to tuck in their shirt. They come out of the water after a workout and they feel like they have difficulty lifting their arms because their arms are too sore. Those are probably red flags that they may be overtraining. So other than swimming specifically, you alluded to this earlier, what are other good water-based activities that people can do to maintain their fitness and, and even to be cross-training for maybe their other activity, which might be loved activity, which might be land-based? Well, a lot of people have taken to doing aerobics in the water, uh, and the intensity level of those classes will vary depending on the participants. Uh, if you have an older group of folks that are in the water doing the aerobics that may be less trained, the intensity of the aerobics won't be quite as intense as if you have a younger group. There are underwater treadmills that are used for not only therapy, where someone can start running at an earlier point in their rehab progression, but also a lot of people that want to continue running but can't endure the impact of running outside. So there's uh, use of uh, water running. There's also suspended running, where somebody just goes into a pool in the deep end, and they have various vests, and they work on their cardiovascular status, but they're doing it in a manner and in an environment where it's almost relatively stress-free. So I think the benefits of working out in water are phenomenal. However, individuals doing those exercises need to recognize that there has to be some land-based component as well. So let's close out with this. You know, if, if, if I'm somebody who wants to just be in better shape than I am now and I haven't been swimming in a while, uh, what are your recommendations for how somebody would go back into a water-based activity? How, how, how can they go back to swimming safely so that they don't do too much too soon? Well, the first question I would ask is what is their level of experience with swimming? There are people who have not swam in 20 years, but they may be former competitive swimmers, maybe even in college, and they just took 20 years off. Those people I'm, I'm a little less concerned with versus someone who said, you know what, I really want to exercise. Um, I don't like running. If I'm starting from scratch, the best thing that I would recommend is for them to find a coach, whether it's at a master's program or some local pool, 
that can ensure that they're using the right stroke mechanics. Swimming, unlike running, is not something that we inherently do, so there needs to be a learning curve so that they're able to do that. And it doesn't have to be in all four strokes. Someone does not have to be able to do butterfly in order to use swimming as an exercise medium. They just need to be able to swim freestyle. So I think if they have the baseline of an adequate stroke to be able to do that, the next step is I would educate them on the exercise progression. And we talk in terms of yardage. Um, Some people like to talk in terms of length of the pool or laps of the pool, where they know, okay, we're going to start off maybe doing things three times a week for a certain yardage. Whether that yardage is 200 or 500 yards, they're listening to their body and they are escalating every two to three weeks and adding some yardage. Ideally, I think it would be great for someone to be able to work up to a half mile or a mile in the pool, which is, you know, 36 or 72 laps in the pool, in order to be a really effective training medium for them from a cardiovascular standpoint. So any swimmer that's starting to experience symptoms, whether it's pain or swelling or loss of motion, I think the greatest place to start is with a physical therapist. It's not something that might be a surgical candidate. The physical therapists are trained in looking at movements and in the movement science, and they will assess what we call impairments. They will look at the strength or strength deficits. They will look at muscle imbalances. They will look at flexibility issues. And most importantly, they are trained in exercise prescription, meaning they will prescribe an exercise program that is specific to meet the demands of swimmers. So I would say anybody who's starting to swim and doing well and for whatever reason incurs any type of injury or pain, especially any type of state where they can go directly to a physical therapist, that would be a great place to start. Excellent information. Brian Tobin, thank you so much. My pleasure. I appreciate having the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.